ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. First to the US, where Donald Trump continues to face federal charges over his handling of classified documents. Special counsel Jack Smith has gone where no US prosecutor has gone before by indicting a former president, one who, according to polls, remains by far the favourite to win the Republican nomination. Here's what Mr Trump had to say about the prosecutor. The prosecutor in the case, I will call it our case, is a thug. I've named him Deranged Jack Smith. I wonder what his name used to be, Jack Smith. It sounds so innocent, doesn't it? Jack Smith. What's his name? Jack Smith. He's a very nice man. So Donald Trump has called him a thug and a lunatic, but uh, doesn't seem to be the full story. Who exactly is the real Jack Smith? Well, Glenn Thrush is the Washington, D.C. correspondent for The New York Times, and he's been closely following the indictment, which is becoming a matter of increasing public interest. Great to have you join us, uh, Glenn. Thank you. Great to be here. Uh, So tell us, who is this man whom we haven't heard much of at all in Australia until very recently? Well, neither had we. Um, uh, Jack Smith is uh, in his early 50s, and he grew up in, in... Upstate New York, in one of the smaller cities in New York State, uh, not too far from the Canadian border, um, he went to Harvard Law School and then embarked on a career as a as a local prosecutor for the federal government in New York City, in the borough of Brooklyn, where he participated in a couple of pretty infamous cases, including one involving police abuse. Um, and he sort of moved up through the ranks of the Justice Department. Uh, becoming the head of the Public Integrity Division uh, for the whole Justice Department. Uh, and, and this is the division that investigates public corruption of, of officials, which is really where he gained the expertise that uh, I think uh, made him a candidate for his current job. But interestingly enough, a couple of years ago in 2017, when uh, Donald Trump took, took office, Smith left the department moved to The Hague and became the chief prosecutor uh, in, in the war crimes trials involving uh, Kosovo, mm-hmm. uh, the conflict in the 1990s. So uh, he came back to the country roughly around Christmas of last year and has been moving uh, in terms of prosecutorial speed uh, at warp speed. <laughs> Is he known as a partisan figure? He is not. Um, his wife uh, is left-leaning and was a producer of uh, a documentary involving uh, Michelle Obama. And his wife has contributed to a couple of Democratic political campaigns. But Smith is regarded by people from both parties who have worked with him in the context of prosecution as being pretty straight down the middle. He is known principally for being very aggressive, very time-focused, uh, and and having uh, an athlete's mentality to his job. That's not that uncommon for prosecutors in the United States, but Smith is sort of extreme. He's a, he's a triathlete, uh, and, he, and he's a pretty good one. Yes, I read that he'd run 100 races as a triathlete. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's out there <laughs> quite a bit. Um, look, what is interesting is his approach to the law, from what I read, a uh, uh, quite... Um, iron fist in a kid glove approach, I think you call it, but it's quite a strategic approach to how you apply the law 
not going for the full-throated approach necessarily. Um, so it, it's it's an interesting set of judgments he applies. Yeah, I mean that was really. Uh, I was in the courtroom in Miami last week. Was it last week? It seems like it was twenty years ago. <laughs> um, uh, it, and, and what was most striking to me uh, when we were let in just before the hearing began, Donald Trump was sitting uh, at the defendant's table in this courtroom, which which was wainscoted, and the judge is sitting on this high marble dais. Uh, but in in the, uh, I noticed a few minutes after being seated, when the press was seated. Um, about five feet in front of me and about 20 feet away from Donald Trump was this sort of rigid, bearded man, this, you know, sitting ramrod straight, not communicating with the people around him and observing the proceedings very, very closely. And that was Jack Smith. So, so Smith was almost there, uh, almost as a sports coach, watching these three prosecutors uh, who worked for him uh, make these arguments in court. Uh, and, and what was interesting about it, to not get into the gritty details of American jurisprudence, but what they were there for essentially was <clears throat> to determine, you know, Donald Trump was booked. He was electronically fingerprinted. <clears throat> and they needed to reach a bond agreement before he was allowed to be released from custody, um, which is, is sort of an awkward situation for a former president and a current presidential candidate. And what Smith and his prosecutors took great pains to do was to make it very easy for Trump, just in terms of the procedure. They required no cash bond. And most strikingly, and the judge was shocked by this, um, they, they did not impose restrictions on Trump's behavior. For instance, many of the people, including his co-defendant, uh, 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 and many of the potential witnesses in this case either still work for him as protective staff, personal staff, or political staff. Uh, and again, much to the judge's chagrin, Smith and his people did not make a request that Trump not communicate with them. So, so you have on one hand this highly accelerated, very aggressive prosecutorial approach. Uh, and on the other hand, he's taking great pains to be perceived as impartial and not to do anything that would be perceived as impinging on Trump's mobility and capacity to campaign for the presidency. Yes, he's by the sound of it, he's not allowing the procedures of law to give him um, campaign material or sort of on-the-stump material that he can use. I mean, there's another very interesting thing, uh, which he hasn't used from what I read, all the um, sections available in the criminal code, there's a particular section 2071 about mishandling um, of government documents, and which some lawyers believe is unconstitutional. They don't like it, and it's th- but it's there on the statute books. He could have used it. He's de- deliberately, as I read it, pulled back from that. Now, this sounds a very interesting man. Well, what's interesting about this section 2071, um, it, it, which we wrote about last August, so, so to just... Um, to refresh your listeners, uh, this all began, at least in terms of the public understanding of this case, with the FBI conducting a search of Donald Trump's residence and resort at Mar-a-Lago in Florida last August. Um, and the Justice Department published a um, uh, an affidavit that included potential offenses that Donald Trump may have committed that warranted the search. And one of those offenses 
was this Section 2071, which involved, it's arcane, but it involved the mishandling of documents. The thing to really understand about it that was different than any of the other charges is that one of the penalties was that the individual involved could not run for office again. It was the only charge that had that stipulation. Uh, And Smith, quite wisely in the view of many former prosecutors, simply ditched that because he didn't want to be perceived as uh, pursuing uh, any charge uh, that would be seen as being explicitly political. And that was um, that was considered to be a pretty canny maneuver on his part. Mm. Look, the former FBI director, James Comey, about him, I know people have all sorts of different views. He spoke here in Australia during the week in an interview um, on one of our programs about the durability of US institutions. And it was quite interesting, particularly citing legal institutions as, as standing up in this time of great turbulence. Let's have a listen. I know how just how screwed up we've been so many times in the past. There's so many periods, including in my lifetime, when we were convinced the country was coming apart and we didn't come apart. I also have seen the rule of law operate in the last two years, especially in the wake of a hurricane of lies after the 2020 election. Our court system, whether the judge was a Republican or a Democrat, stood up and said, bring me your evidence and heaven help you if you lie. And Donald Trump's lies were zero and 60 in those court contests. The American people often don't see this. That's a vindication of the rule of law of our culture. Do you agree with him? Well, I don't agree or disagree. (laughs) I think, uh, and also, we're not exactly certain what the outcome of all this is going to be, right? Um, and, And let me just say, you know, James Comey, has been a negative example for Merrick Garland, the current attorney general, and Christopher Wray, the current FBI director. A lot of people think Comey um, compromised uh, uh, public faith in the FBI and in in federal law enforcement in general by speaking uh, too much uh, and, and, and maneuvering too independently from the Justice Department in the Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump investigations in 2016. So... But, but what I would say is um, uh, there is a great anxiety, um, a great anxiety in Washington about uh, what this ultimately will mean for the public perceptions of the Justice Department. You now have mainstream Republican presidential candidates not named Donald Trump, people who are critical of Trump's behavior, who are calling for a radical uh, revisiting of the structure of the Justice Department. And that is precisely what uh, the current administration's goal was not. So they, Merrick Garland, came, who is uh, a, a, a well-regarded jurist and former prosecutor who was rebuffed in his bid to become a Supreme Court justice, he came in with the explicit mandate, the self-imposed mandate of restoring faith uh, in the in the Justice Department and the American people, among the American people, um, we are a very polarized country. Um, but these actions that he has taken, the part part of the, partly based on Donald Trump's provocative flouting of the law, according to court documents, um, have not had that impact. So there is a belief now that the Republican Party, in particular, is going down a fairly dangerous road. And candidates like Ron DeSantis and Tim Scott, um, who are are not necessarily fans of Donald Trump, are speaking very harshly about the Justice Department. So mm, I think okay. we are in a 
we are on a knife's edge. Uh, and look, very quickly, I saw the um, Fox News, Brett Baer interviewed Donald Trump this week. It was a pretty dramatic interview. One could argue that uh, Trump landed himself in a lot of bother. Um, is something shifting there? Well, Donald Trump is somebody who thinks that the battle will be won outside of the courtroom. He believes that the political pressure that will be applied to the judicial system in this country will overpower um, the standard mechanism of justice. That has been the way he regarded his political career. That is the way he has regarded law courts in the past. His paradigm is an advisor named Roy Cohn, oh, uh, yes. a, sort of this figure in American politics who believed in a, a scorched earth view. <laughs> yes. And Donald Trump is not somebody who necessarily thinks about the niceties of a courtroom, but what happens outside the courtroom. Look, Glenn Thrush, we must speak again. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Glenn Thrush, the Washington, D.C. correspondent for The New York Times. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.